it's been calculated actually a few like it's almost six months ago and you're saying every kenyan even the unborn children like the moment you're born almost every kenyan has um, individual debt of around 60,000 kenya shillings that they have to pay wow so um when you are saying when you are asking uh, what uh, china will benefit uh, um back to next up africa season three episode one um once again i am your gracious host amy kikoma representing congo we have benny representing rwanda luden dominican republic puerto rico malik south sudan and we have two special guests with us today nathan and almazi both representing kenya um nathan is a model social media influencer and a soccer superstar um so thank you for joining us pele and uh almazi social media influencer and uh he's a great dancer so thank you for joining us mr michael jackson uh <laughs> before we begin uh usually you know like to uh, kind of check up on everybody see how everybody doing um it's been a while since we have all been in one space together so how's everybody doing mentally physically emotionally you know how's life been so far um well for me i moved to chicago mm. um, i left the middle of nowhere nebraska to chicago where there's actually civilization and people and hispanics and everyone of the spectrum so i'm actually doing a lot better now <laughs> not yet not as good you know change the scenery <laughs> Mm-hmm. back to, to a good environment so that's good happy <laughs> for you bro excited for that new chapter um malik i'm good i'm good it's uh same old it's just the same old <laughs> oh, yeah, he's always good um you know actually you know what they say though you know happiest people live the saddest lives so, <laughs> no nah, i mean no i know i'm always happy so why you gotta be like that No, it's the truth. That's why I'm saying it because I'm always happy. So, you know. Say yes. You're trying to say it. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Amy. uh Benny, <laughs> are you doing okay, Amy? How how how's Amy doing? And no, I'm I'm asking Benny. Benny, how uh, how's everything going? I've been okay. It's summer. So, we are outside enjoying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm glad you're good. Uh Nathan Almazi, how you guys doing? How's uh how's being famous going? Um uh, from Kenya, uh, we're good, we're good. Actually, we just had our elections a few weeks ago, almost a week or two weeks ago. So this it's been a peaceful election so far and uh, okay. yeah, something uh, we were all looking forward to. Yeah. And that's uh Oh, uh, what's his name? You guys are trying to get um Kenyatta out. <laughs> oh, yeah, you want, if you if you want to if you don't want to get political, that's cool. We could, <laughs> we, could, we could we could move on. But yeah, um you know, getting back into some of the things, um today's structure is a little bit different than the past two seasons. So I think this season we're focusing on different regions in Africa um so you know 
central, east, west, south, north. Um, so season three is going to be mainly focused on East Africa. And of course, today, you know, if you already didn't kind of catch in the beginning, we're going to talk about Kenya. Um, so I guess each one of the each one of us is going to have like a little blurb about um, history, politics, culture and economy. Um, so I can start it off, talk a little bit about the history of Kenya. Um, so I'm going to just give you like some bullet points, um, you know, for the Kenyans, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, Google is not the most accurate thing. So I'm just going off of that. If something is wrong, do not make fun of me. It's wrong, it's wrong. I don't know what I could do. But yeah, so starting off with uh, colonization, uh, 1895, UK colonized Kenya. Then it made it its official colony in 1920. And then um, from like October of, like, of 1952 to December of 1959, there was a colonialism resistance that were led by the Mau Mau. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yep. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. You have and, to like, uh, uh, you have to separate it as Mau Mau. Oh, Mau Mau. Oh, there's a, there's a pause. Mau Mau. Yeah, Mau cool. Mau. Right, cool. All right, <laughs> See, I appreciate that. Okay, so it was led by the Mau Mau. And um, uh, the that ethnic, well, no, I wouldn't say ethnic group, but, you know, that party was made up largely of, like, the Kikuyu tribe. And um, it was during like this time period when African participation and in, in politics kind of increased. Then you have in 1957, the first direct elections uh, for Africans to legislative council took place. And then December 12, 1963, Kenya became independent. And then the following year, they joined Commonwealth. Um, and then now you have the story of uh, Jomo Kenyatta, uh, who was a member of uh, Kikuyu, the group, um, and he was the head of the Kenya African National Union, and he became Kenya's first president. And then uh, there was also a minority party, Kenya African Democratic Union, um, representing a coalition of like the smaller ethnic groups, um, but they didn't really last too long. Um, they dissolved voluntarily in 1964 and then they joined um jomo kenyatta's uh political group in uh 1966 there was an opposition group kenya people's union that formed and it was led by uh the former vice president probably gonna butcher his name right here jaramogi ondinga you got it. oh man i'm doing it i'm on the road today <laughs> But yeah, so his party was later banned and um, they detained him. And then there was no new opposition parties formed after 1969. And uh, Jomo Kenyatta's political party became the sole party. And then in uh, June 1982, the National Assembly amended the constitution, making Kenya a one party state. And then in uh, December of 1991, Parliament repealed that one party section of the Constitution. By early 1992, there were several parties that were formed and they had uh, multi-party elections in December of 92. And then in November of 97, they expanded the political rights and then the number of political parties grew again. 
and then all the way until today. So a little bit similar to like a lot of the stories in the different countries in Africa, you know, we have like a million political parties, you know, just because, you know, you feel like you, you know, agree with something somebody said, or, you know, you end up having beef with whoever you was with. So, but yeah, so that's a little bit of blurb of the history. Um, let me know if I, I guess, if I missed anything that was important between that time period and today. Well, um, I feel like you've mostly covered the, uh, the political history. Oh, that was but, the political history. Oh, oh, I thought it was just like the general history. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So shall I begin or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by the time that uh, the, the Portuguese arrived in Kenya, in 1498, the Arabs were already settled and uh, they were ruling and dominating the coastal region of Kenya. Um, the, the Portuguese came, they came with intentions of um, building naval bases along the coast. They had no intention of, settle, of settling in Kenya. So they wanted to take control over the, the, the Indian Ocean, the trade routes along the Indian Ocean. Um, but in 1505, they decided to settle in Kenya, like and uh, trade and rule along the coastal region of Kenya. And the British took, they began their colonial uh, phase in between 1901 and 1902. And by 1920, as Amy stated initially, um, they, they declared Kenya as a British colony. And during this period, um, all the Africans and the Indians had little to no representation in the legislative council which was predominantly white or British. Um, then in 1953, Mzee Kenyatta was sentenced to seven years in prison for leading and directing the Mau Mau rebellion. And in 1956, Didan Kimathi, who was also one of the top players in the Mau Mau rebellion, um, was arrested and later on hanged or rather killed by the British for his role in the Mau Mau rebellion. Then in, uh, in between 1952 and 1959, Kenya was put under state of emergency. And during this period, a lot of uh, Kenyans were either arrested or killed by the British for rebelling against uh, the, the British rule. Then in 1954, uh, the British began, began to, to respond to the rebellion, rebellion that were taking place around Kenya and they, started allowing more Africans and Asians to be represented um, in the Legislative Council, but this was not enough. Um, in 1957, that's when they allowed the first African uh, Africans to be elected into the Legislative Council um, to re represent more of uh, the African interests. And in 1962, um, Mzee Kenyatta was released from prison due to pressure from uh, the Africans and his supporters uh, who also took part in the Mau Mau rebellion. Then uh, in 1966, the KPU or rather the Kenya People's uh, Union um, was formed by Jaramogi Oginga Odinga, who was a former vice president and a leader of the Luo, the Luo tribe in, in, uh, in, in Kenya. Um, when he formed the, the Kenya People's uh, Union, he was uh, sentenced to prison by Jomo Kenyatta because uh, by that time, um, the government in Kenya was still authoritarian in nature. So 
um, he was sentenced to prison for about 18 months. Then following Kenyatta's death in 1978, the vice president, Daniel Arab Moy, took over um, as the president. Then in 1982, Kenya was declared a one-party democracy. That means that all the other political parties that were there had to be, you know, um, they had to be cancelled or they had to be annulled. Like, they just had to be only one party representing the government in Kenya. Then in 1999, the parliament um, got rid of this one-party system. And this gave rise to very many other political uh, parties in 1992. Um, then in April of 2013, uh, sorry, rather, uh, before that, in 2002, Mwai Kibaki was elected as the third president of, of Kenya. Then in April of 2013, Kenyatta was sworn in as the fourth president of Kenya. And as of today, as of the recording of this episode, William Ruto is currently the president-elect, but hasn't yet been sworn in. So there's still a few investigations going on because of... Uh, um a bit of bloodshed um a bit of uh should i say cheating in in the, ta the tallying process or the counting of votes so we'll see what the the supreme court uh, determines because um Raila Odinga, who was also a candidate in the previous elections kind of made an appeal to the supreme court with suppose like with purported evidence of how the the tallying was unfair in uh, like to him. Mm. Then uh, in Kenya, the president is head of state and head of the government, and the president is also in charge of the executive uh, branch of government. Then the legislative power is exclu exclusively in uh, in parliament. So the parliament is what controls the, 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 the legislative council. Then the judiciary is independent. That means it's not controlled by the executive government, and neither is it controlled by the legislative uh, government. Then uh, in 2019, Kenya was rated a hybrid uh, regime by the Economist Intelligence. A hybrid regime basically is, uh, is a type of government that is transitioning from an, an authoritarian uh, type of uh, democracy to a more democratic type of government. So Kenya still has a few grains of uh, authoritarianism in, uh, in, its, govern in its, its government. So that's why it was rated as a hybrid uh, regime. Then the executive branch, under the executive branch, the president is elected for a five-year term, after which new elections will be held to either select new leaders, but also the, the president still has a chance to run for a second term. And they're only allowed two terms in, uh, in, in like to run for only two terms. Then the judicial uh, branch, it's divided into the superior uh, courts and the subordinate courts. The superior courts consist of uh, chief justice, the deputy chief justice, supreme courts, and the court of appeals. And the chief justice is uh, usually the president or the person that presides over the, the supreme court. Then Kenya, we know that it, it has 42 tribes, but it has over 47 counties. And each county is uh, governed by an elected uh, governor. Then Kenya also has, the government has also endeavored to, to give fair representation to women and, and people, of, uh, people with disabilities and the youth as well in the government. So there are always seats reserved for representatives for these uh, specific groups uh, to give them a bit more voice. Then the political conditions, 
generally Kenya has been, um, it has been stable since its uh, independence, but it doesn't mean that there haven't been any scandals or any um, anything to worry about. Yeah, so um, that, I guess that's a little bit background of uh, the history and the uh, political side of things. So um, I don't know if Luden wants to hop in and do the culture or if Benny wants to look at the economic side of things. I mean, honestly, I'm just more curious about wanting to kind of poke in and dive mm -hmm. into the understanding of, you know, growing up with, uh, you know, from Kenya, kind of having this kind of understanding versus, you know, Eastern side culture versus Western side culture versus growing up, you know, especially for yourself, Nathan, growing up both Indian and African, um, kind of like seeing like the differences and similarities between the two. So I'm more curious about like wanting to let them speak on that because I think that's I think that's pretty cool. Because yeah. um, the one thing about culture that's really fascinating is how people, you know, not only talk about it, but also kind of talk about it from experience. Mm. Uh, you can tell from a very data-like, statistical-like information. And it's just like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, that's kind of cool. But I don't know, like, really understanding and kind of getting the, the really in-depth kind of process of, like, how people, like, grew up. What was some, you know, some, like, things that might be culturally different here than over there right. or from over there to over here and stuff like that. Like, I mean, like one example, like, and, and this is a little bit off topic, but like, you know, tipping over here is pretty, is pretty expected. But like, if you go to places like Japan or like in some parts of Europe, like tipping, like it's, it's tipping is almost viewed as an insult. And you, you know, being American, you hear them, you're just like, wait, what? Mm. So, so things like that, you know? So that's just kind of my thing. So I just wanted to know, um, and I guess you guys can start off by, you know, saying some of the differences or some similarities that you guys saw while growing up, uh, you know, from, you know, some of the Western side of culture versus the Eastern side of culture. Um, and what were some things that you guys found that were pretty cool and some things that you guys found pretty weird? Mm. So I'll okay. let you know, guys. Okay, so uh, what we could do is... Um... We could have Benny um, kind of give us like, a, I guess, a little brief, um, I guess, analyzation of like uh, the economic side of things. And then um, then we could hop in um, with the questions of like, um, I guess, explaining a little bit more about the Kenyan cultures, um, kind of helping, I guess, me as well, understand like um, how that plays out a little bit, like, I guess, historical wise until up to date. Okay, so when we're talking about Kenya's economy, um, it's a really staggering, I would say, economy. Um, there's a lot of imports coming in versus exports going out. Even though Kenya largely depends on agriculture, that is the biggest uh, sector that contributes to the overall growth of economy in the country. The major things that our Kenyans um, plant and export is tea or coffee. We have seen this even in like in Starbucks, you walk in, you will see Kenyan coffee. Or you go to Amazon, you see Kenyan tea. So those are like the most ex uh, ex exports that comes out of Kenya. They do have also some like petroleum or gold when it comes to natural resources, but the biggest thing so far is agriculture product being exported outside the country. Uh, on the other hand, 
Kenya depends largely on imports. So they import a lot of things, including palm oil, medication, cars, or even pesticides, which they use to grow their products. Uh, the growth of Kenya's economy, even though on the larger market might be seen to be really low, uh, when it compared to largely sub-Saharan Africa, Kenya seems to be doing much better than other countries especially the neighborhood countries. If you've been, uh, haven't been in Kenya, but I've watched a lot of Kenya's uh, videos and I follow a lot of YouTubers looking how like infrastructure in um, either Nairobi, the capital or the other biggest city, which is Mombasa. When you compare the infrastructure and the ways of living in that country, compared to like the neighboring country, like. Um, Tanzania, Rwanda, Uganda, you see that Kenya is doing pretty good. But even with that, there is a lot of inequalities that are still existing in the economy. So the, you have really, really rich people and then you have a lot of poor, poor people. So the medium um, income is really not as in the US. So the rich people are really rich and then the poor people are really poor and they're struggling, either depending on uh, farming on a smaller scale, which is really not sustainable because Kenya currently uh, is still listed as people who are experiencing famine, which should not be a part of uh, a conversation, especially when you come to Africa, which always has fertile land to grow their food or they have natural resources that they can export and make money for themselves. So the economic factor, the economic sector I mean is still like something that Kenya needs to still work on improving. Um, currently, I believe the last time they did a survey is that Kenya was in about 8,500 Kenyan shilling billions in debt as of May 2022. So you see a lot of debt coming in and being used in different sectors, but these sectors are the sectors that are not producing money back to be able to pay out debt. As um, we started saying like the Kenyan's election, um, a lot of people are kind of scared about how the new uh, political uh, candidate who is coming in is going to have to deal a lot with this debt because the outgoing uh, presidential team really has left Kenya in a very bad uh, economics uh, situation. But you know what, this is, I feel like this is really common in most of the African countries. So sometimes people just pull a blind eye and, and say, hey, we still have the building coming up and then that's good. But yeah, I could see like where Kenya needs to do well in economic sector. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why um, I might be misremembering, but I, I feel like weren't they building roads and like bridges and stuff like that out there? Like more yes. recently, like working with China or is that 
Yeah, the railroad that was supposed to, I think, connect uh, Nairobi and Mombasa, yeah, yeah, yeah. supposed to extend until uh, to all the way to Uganda. Uh, but I think it got halted for some economic factors, but hopefully mm. they can continue doing because that was the biggest thing like that was popping but, in the news. But wouldn't that, wouldn't that mean, um, I guess for them, wouldn't that mean to borrow money from from china is isn't that how that's gonna work like i guess like in the return china is gonna own something right of value well it's always like that because like the whole thing about how people were going into into africa and focusing on right yeah, 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 yeah. was because they saw how valuable it was so they want a think of it like shark tank like they want a percentage of you because they know that they can make money off of you and that's what they want at the end of the day and we know how china is yeah yeah no yeah so i was no i i guess i guess the question was more so like i guess what a value are they going to take is i guess that was what oh you want to know what they wanted yeah because yeah, yeah. i don't know if uh, i remember what it was can i can i just can i step in there yeah of mm-hmm. course yeah yeah um, so um the structure which was being built was uh none of the standard uh the railway which is the, no, the expressway, which runs from Nairobi to Mombasa. Mm. That's from the capital city to the second largest city in Kenya. So we are building uh, uh, by road, uh, usually it will take around uh, 10 hours mm. to get mm-hmm. from one point to the other. But now uh, with the uh, deployment of the new structure, which is a railway, uh, people move in around, like in around five hours, they're able to move from uh, Nairobi to Mombasa. So what uh, the Kenyan government has done is we actually took a loan from China. Mm. And uh, I can't really remember the uh, exact amount, but it's definitely in millions. And uh, it was being calculated actually a few, like it was almost six months ago. And I was saying every Kenyan, even the unborn children, like the moment you are born, almost every Kenyan has um, individual debt of around 60,000 Kenya shillings that they have to pay. Wow. So um, when you are saying, when you are asking uh, what uh, China will benefit, because uh, um, we've actually taken a loan from them. Mm. So we've seen uh, China um, do this to other countries uh, right. such that uh, um, they help them develop. And then you're given a certain period to pay that amount back. But during that period, they can take control of, let's say, um, a port. If, if they're actually helping right. you develop the port area. So now they're the ones who are actually controlling all the, uh, import, everything that's export, coming yeah, into the port, yeah, yeah. Yeah, import and export. So for me, I feel it's um, some kind of uh, modern slavery. Right, you know, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's what's uh, been happening. And I think uh, let me let me just stop for there um, there for now. Then we, you can expound on it as we continue. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I look, I'm 100 percent on your side because that's always my point. That's always my position. Um, you know. Yeah. So the thing is, uh, uh, I was watching some of like uh, economic survey people explaining how, regardless of how much we try to understand it, debt will always be accumulated in African countries. Because especially when it comes to infrastructure, where we are 
every relying on outside companies coming in, the cost of construction itself is really high. So even the fact that we are not able to produce our uh, materials to use being cement, we're still importing cement somewhere to, from other countries other than Africa. Um, metallic things that we need, they're still coming either from China or Europe. So we're still gonna need to take debt, but what they were saying is that when we do take those debts, how are we allocating it? And uh, especially when it comes to infrastructure sector, which Africa has been focusing on on developing infrastructure because economy and success goes a long way with infrastructure itself. So they're looking at if we do borrow the money and then we still go ahead and hire outside companies like China to be the one to do that construction. Most of the time when Chinese government comes step in to do something, they hire mostly uh, their citizens or like fellow Chinese people who then the money that we're borrowing, that money goes back to them. It doesn't come back and circulate into the African economy. So by that, we kind of like really misusing the debt that we're getting and we're not able to have any return out of it um, to be able to keep paying what we're actually getting. And that's why we keep getting more and more debt because we are not able to produce any um, interest from what the activities that we're trying to invest in the debt that we are getting. Mm. Um, to just add on a point that you mentioned about how Chinese don't just give you money, they also give you labor. Um, we've also seen that, and maybe Nathan can also attest to this. Uh, we've seen that while they were building the railway, the expressway, most of the top officials, most of the top uh, constructors that were um, overseeing the building of the expressway were Chinese predominantly. <clears throat> Africans were just the lower labor, you know, they took lower labor positions, which at the end of the day, you know, we're not giving, we're not giving the skills to, I mean, we're not giving um, our skilled labor the, the, the job mm. and we're not giving them the money that would circulate in like in the economy of the country. So that's a uh, terrible. Yeah. And the last thing that uh, was really big in uh, Kenya's economy when I was looking at it, it was increasing taxes. So apparently there's been a lot of tax increase in different areas, um, mostly because uh, I think it started when the COVID-19 happened and especially say we're looking at the inflation when that followed the COVID-19 and now also continuing because of the Ukrainian uh, war, whereby especially they give an example on pet uh, petroleum increase where especially during COVID-19, everything was shut down. So a lot of people are not driving. So the petroleum uh, industry increased the interest rates and taxes, the government increases taxes also as well, so that they can be able to maintain um, the income that they're supposed to be generating from their businesses. And now that that was already in place, and the inflation now hit, so that is doubling the, the cost of each gallon that um, an average person can even afford. Um, so that one is another thing that is hard, 
hurting uh, Kenya's economy, like increased taxes. And this, some of these taxes are not uh, um, explanatory because I was I was um, listening to like examples of like I don't I cannot even recall the exact taxes. It's just like multiple taxes like just coming in out of nowhere, and people really complaining because the more taxes they're paying, the more um, as well as the more interest rate they're paying on most of the businesses that they're doing. And average person right now cannot afford um, three meals per day. So they yeah. have to spend on like either two or one meal per day. And I do believe they were saying how now Kenya is expecting a large drought coming in very soon. So um, even the agriculture sector is scared that that is going to also like double their issues when it comes to um, the economy and the success of the overall country. Wow. Um, <laughs> that, that's a lot to take in. I mean, uh, I think overall, though, right, uh, um, things are a little bit similar. Again, I know we're specifically talking about Kenya, but things are a little bit similar you know, to the rest, rest of the countries um, where they're all struggling with, you know, economic power, um, you know, food source shortages, labor, et cetera. But um, I personally didn't think, you know, going to China was the best move. Um, I think, you know, I think the government, if if they stopped being greedy, they could afford building the the rail system by themselves. You know what I mean? Uh, but again, um, I think politics is is hard to understand. Well, when it comes to Africa as a whole, but but yeah, I think um, going back a little bit to to Nathan um, with the question that Luden posed earlier about understanding um, the cultures uh, in Kenya. Uh, you guys said there was uh, 42 different uh, groups. So um, I, I guess- it Tribes. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excuse me, tribes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there was 42 tribes. Um, so yeah, I, I guess um, I'm paraphrase Luden's question. I think he wanted to understand what, um, I guess for you specifically, and then I guess generally um, being that you're uh, half Indian, half Kenyan, um, what are some similarities that you've seen between those two cultures, right? Am I correct? And um, I guess if you guys could kind of explain to us a little bit more about the 42 tribes <laughs> that, mm -hmm. that are uh, present um, in the great Republic of uh, Kenya. Yeah, so uh, actually, uh, Kenya is very, very diverse, you know, um, 42 different tribes, and uh, mm. all of them speak uh, different languages, and then maybe some groups, uh, some tribes uh, have uh, similar languages, but like very different, just slight uh, differences in language, but uh, they're categorized as 42 different uh, 
language in the only one country so mm. are very very but yet we're able to live uh, together as one so it's uh, one great thing i think one of the similarities i've seen because my dad is indian my, my dad is indian he's from uganda Kenya, she's from uh, the Nilot group, the tri- her tribe is Luo. So I'm half Luo and half, um, half Luo, half Indian. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is actually very interesting because when I usually tell people I'm Luo, Luo are the, they are the, the biggest, most muscular, and also uh, the dark, uh, one of the darkest in complexion mm-hmm. in uh, the Kenyan uh, <laughs> the Kenyan tribe right. now when I tell someone I'm Luo they look at me like there's no way you're Luo there's no, there no light in Luo you know <laughs> <laughs> it's 2022 <laughs> yeah so actually um, uh, other social media influencers uh, we are measured earlier. so when I told people this people refuse to believe it that's what I'm saying I'm sorry I'm, sorry I'm diverging but people just refuse to believe it uh so other than that but uh, when you look at uh, the kenyan culture and uh, indian culture i think i can see in the similarities uh, uh the indian culture and just basically any african culture in general is uh, a way of assigning responsibility to uh, the children at a, at a young age so mm. especially if you're the firstborn in the family uh, a lot of responsibility will definitely be put on shoulders and uh, not not in a bad way because it really helps uh really helps uh, in developing because uh, you find that especially in the african or kenyan households even if you look at it right now if you look at it in my family personally um our firstborn my sister is the one because my mom would be out working for example would make sure you guys have eaten uh, supper make sure she's cooked make sure you guys are fat and make sure you guys have done your If you don't do your homework, or let's say if I don't do my homework, it don't be me who would be yeah. in trouble. It should be, be her. Yeah. So it's a, it's a similarity with both, uh, I think, Africa, the African continent uh, and Kenya, also in the Indian community. Nathan, let me ask you a question. Um, there's this debate that we always do, because I have a lot of Indian friends, especially where I work, where I'm saying like, no, you don't know, East African. <laughs> Um, samosas are much better than Indian samosa. And I'm like, no, you know, so it becomes a big debate. So now, have you tried? Oh. Oh. <laughs> are you going to make them choose? But <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, it's, it's a very good question because I think that's also another similarity. Uh, in some parts of Kenya, the, the type of cooking is very similar to the Indian cooking. Like uh, if you look at the Kushite region and those people who are in the coast, mm-hmm. those, uh, the people who are actually from the coast were originally, there were, the, there were some Indians that also come uh, originally to Kenya to build the first railway we have. And then mm-hmm. they intermarried with the people who are at the coast and then uh, they, uh, they had children. Most of their children are uh, Arab. I'm sorry, I started speaking for They're called Arab. <laughs> I don't know I just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to food both the Indian culture and the Swahili culture they're the best at uh, making food here in Kenya. Swahili the Swahili is not make food. So for the samosas I'll have to stick with the Kenya. The Swahili is from the coast. Wow. 
That's a big take. I'm showing this to every Indian I know now. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I'm a big fan of Sambosas. So but um but like 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 just said all this that Amy just say he likes samosas, but I took him to a Kenyan restaurant like a few months ago and uh-uh. listen. <laughs> no 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 let her they they gave you a bad look. I'm not going to lie to you. I was not look, I wasn't impressed because no way it was Kenyans cooking back there. I know that for sure. There was no way. <laughs> I don't know what was the rave about, but I was like, is this <laughs> is this what you guys were talking about for, for days? Amy's a hater. No. I'm just, look, if you grow up eating, you know, the food, you expect it to be like, oh, okay. But I got it. And I was like, all right. Hey, okay. maybe your COVID, your past COVID has affected your taste. No, the, the crazy <laughs> thing is, you know, <laughs> by the grace, by the grace of God, I have yet to been touched by that, you know, <laughs> and that's, that's because I drink ginger tea. Yo, Amy and his ginger tea. I it's swear to God. Truth. I know. My grandma, my everybody in my family is the exact same way. They're is like, that, is it? more of your superstitions. <laughs> Stop. You're giving me ambassadors. I don't want to say it again. No, this no, this this is this is le- legit facts. You know, ginger, ginger is good for your immune system. Ginger is really good for your immune system, you know. So, and a little bit of superstition now because I drink it for everything. I get a headache, I have to drink ginger tea. And I and I'm like, you know, just to make sure that I'm I'm all good. But but yeah, you know, Benny, don't put that type of devil on me. <laughs> um, so another question that I would ask the uh I mean both of you and Malik, um what is like education? system in Kenya? Right. Um, I guess Nathan will add to this, but uh, when Kibaki came into power in 2002, one of his um, initial rulings was that education would be free. Mm. And I think he contributed to the development of uh, very many government schools that are either free or are very cheap, like in terms of cost. Um, So the education system in Kenya Though it's not yet the best in Africa, I'd say it's uh, it's better than very many African countries because of uh, because it's free and accessible to many uh, to many Kenyans in the country. Like in many uh, in many African countries, I'll say let's say for example in Rwanda, um, most of public schools once you finish elementary school, that is primary school, and then you go to secondary. Uh, most people who do academically well, they're going to boarding. But I've seen a contrast when it comes to uh, West Africa, where majority of people actually do like, they go to school and come back. So there's no a big emphasis on boarding. When it comes to Kenya, is there a big emphasis on boarding when you are in secondary school? Um, it's mixed. From my experience, it's mixed. You'll find a lot of boarding schools and a lot of day schools, 
in mm-hmm. Kenya. And um, in primary, I guess that's where you may find a lot more boarding schools than, uh, than day schools. But it also depends on the region that you're in and the school, the type of school that you're going to. There's the Kenyan system, then there's the British system. Um, a lot of the British system schools are day schools, and a lot of uh, Kenyan uh, system schools are um, boarding, but it's mostly mixed. Mm. And when it comes to like uh, college level education, um, how is public versus private uh, plays out? Well, I'll give that to Nathan. <laughs> Uh, well, I have to say, um, they have both uh, very good, uh, the facilities are good because uh, if you look at one of the, the biggest universities that are, are here in Kenya, the public universities. So they're usually the biggest, they have all the infrastructure, but it also comes with a problem where so many people uh, are there. So uh, the public uh, universities have massive, they have large numbers. The private universities, uh, mostly partnerships with uh, um, like people from outside IGCSC, all that partnerships. And uh, the main issue with the public uh, universities in Kenya is that they go on uh, so many strikes. So mm-hmm. you can find that maybe you are doing your course uh, in your third year, but you haven't been able to resume for over a year because your university has been having strikes and all that. Because mm. that is exactly what is currently happening in uh, also in Nigeria, which is why we keep saying how like African issues are like copy paste everywhere. Nigeria's uh, public student, I think they've been out on strike for like four months now. Now it seems like that's exactly almost a similar situation when it comes to Kenya, as you said. Um, and the fact that most of the time, um, Education is supposed to be like the pivotal for every economic growth, for every sustainable development, for every um, proper health in uh, in the country. And the fact that African education, especially public, because that's what most of people can afford. Majority of the average African household cannot afford private school, but yet the public, um, school system seems to be really like doing poorly and that is all because the government does not provide you know the proper resources and the funding that each university might need for each system um but though i've seen a couple universities say private doing well because mount kenya right now has different branches across africa so that really like makes uh say Kenya really stand out to be known as one of the strong education system. Um, and also the fact that Kenya is predominantly English speaking so that when you go to a global market looking for a job, can, having Kenyan education puts you a little bit higher because they're known to be really Anglophones for a long time period so far. Um, my other question will be to you, Nathan, that you are in uh, entertainment. How is Kenya's entertainment industry? <laughs> uh, Kenya's, it's actually very interesting. You know, uh, Kenya, Kenyans know how to uh, 
make uh, entertainment out of anything. It doesn't even have to necessarily be like music or dance or performing arts. Like uh, during uh, the elections before this, there was a guy <laughs> who actually went viral. So like Kenyans are, you can become a meme like just overnight, just for, for dressing a certain way. So this guy was in a, um, the queues for voting and uh, he had carried a local dish, which is known as Bidevi. So it's actually, it's a mixture of maize and beans. It's one of uh, Kenya's uh, cultural foods. Yeah. So uh, this guy said, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I, I want to eat, but I also want to vote at the same time. And this line is long. So he took uh, that mixture, put it inside uh, um, a polythene bag and started eating. And he went viral overnight. From that, he became a celebrity kind of. He, he was given money by the government. He got, I think, one or two grand deals or something. Wow. So, so entertainment uh, in Kenya literally can come out of anywhere. And like from that, someone can even make a song out of it. Mm. Yeah, entertainment, so Kenya, Kenyans are too creative. They're just too creative. But I would say um, Kenya's movie entert- yeah, entertainment were like booming a little bit. And now I really haven't been seeing what's going on when it comes to movies. Like, where are you guys? I guess a few, um, there are a few movies which are trying to uh, break through. There are some series I saw on Netflix, maybe one or two, but uh, I think Kenya, not, it's not that they're not, uh, they're not creatives in the market. There are very many creatives. The people who meet, uh, uh, have people that I've met personally, uh, so many in their hundreds, uh, always uh, they're performing at theater, they're always doing plays, always uh, making movies but i think uh, our government hasn't just uh, invested so much into it because uh, there's a friend uh, of mine who does acting so uh, he does acting and he does set books so basically what they do is they go to different schools and uh, universe different high schools and uh, they basically teach them uh, they act out whatever literature book they are reading so let's say for example if you're reading uh, shakespeare these guys, just for you to get uh, more of a grasp on, on what you're reading, they would come and actually act it out to you. So you'd find out that these guys are being paid around three, that, let's say around $3 to, to memorize a whole uh, book or at least a whole chapter or whatever they're going to perform. Mm. You're getting paid 300 shillings, which is around $3. So I can say uh, that there are many creatives but maybe we're not invested enough. We have seen, uh, there's one of the movies, the Kenyan movies called Nairobi Half-Life, which was nominated uh, as one of the best uh, films. You guys should watch it. It's called Nairobi Half-Life. So I think uh, Kenyans are creative. We have the talent, but we just need uh, maybe more support. Amy, mm-hmm. you have any question? Yeah, no, I do. Um, Probably just two. Um, I don't want to, you know... <laughs> There was too many questions to you, um, but so I guess for me, since you know you're you're, you're a social media influencer, um, a model, and a, a soccer star, how how do you use your platform to, I guess, push, advocate, or like, I guess, educate other people about Kenya? Um, well, 
I think mostly my platform and uh, the way I've uh, kind of tailor made it is mm. like mostly just for the Kenyan audience. Because if you check, uh, you know, check me out on my social media platforms, let's say on TikTok, where I think um, that's my biggest platform. Mm. Uh, most of my videos I speak it in Swahili, songs, Kenyan songs, and baby songs. So, um, mine maybe my content wouldn't appeal so much to the global. market but if you're Kenyan definitely you should do right mm. I mean there's a market now I think at least I'm interested <laughs> <laughs> right. no, it's a globalization <laughs> let me say um you say you speak in Swahili but Swahili is one of the biggest uh, language in Africa True. so not True. just catering for oh. that they are neighbors so like Swahili Yeah. Oh, so I even forgot to mention. So it usually maybe appeals to those in Kenya and Tanzania because mm. that's when I check my analytics figures. It also shows that there are Tanzanian people who follow. Mm. Do they correct your Swahili? <laughs> I was about to ask that. <laughs> well, actually, Tanzanian people are, are so polite. So so far, um, I haven't gotten any comments. Uh, most mm. of the comments are usually just. Uh, Like much love from Tanzania, like they say it in Swahili, and all that. They're very nice people, but yeah, <laughs> their Swahili is better than ours, definitely. <laughs> oh, you cannot! You I don't say that. Do that, really? Uh-huh. I thought you were gonna defend Kenya's pride. <laughs> like Kenya, Kenya have uh, we've created our own language known as Shem. Okay, by we like uh, the youth basically. So it's uh it's just basically slang where you mix uh. English words with uh, Swahili words, or you can come up with your own word and just add it to the dictionary, um, and then just let people. Yeah, so it's known as Sheng. So it's really affected uh, uh, so many of us, such that we can't speak proper Swahili now. Like you end up using a term which isn't Swahili, like you use a full Swahili sentence, but then you put something that isn't Swahili right mm. there. Okay, we like sampling. Now that we do have two people who are. Youth and uh, in Kenya, you and Malik give us some samples. <laughs> <laughs> samples of Sheng or yeah. yes. <laughs> well, I'll let Nathan open it. <laughs> okay. Um. So there's a uh, there's this new one. It's called uh, Shembeteng. It was made like maybe three or four months ago. Like okay, it it hit around three or four months ago. Like because it's mainly under the radar. It's like so. What you do? Let's say if you're speaking Swahili, instead of saying "nataka kuenda," mm. like this means "nataka kuenda" means I want to go. So basically, what you do is there are certain words that you add to it. Now instead of saying "nataka kuenda," you'd say "natamba taka kuenda tenda." Oh my uh, god! That's going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> So that that's the new type that's known as shembeteng but now there's sheng which is this that nah, nah, go ahead finish, finish. <laughs> so that's like the the new type but now the uh, other sheng is basically like uh, you just change the word so um some the way someone would say shoes shoes in swahili is riati mm-hmm. but now kenyans kenyans uh, in sheng would say ndula Wow. So then, basically, <laughs> oh, you you like you you make a you make like it, it just appeals to the youth and like uh, 
if you don't know the new sheng, you're not uh, you're not keeping up with the latest trend. So it kind of appeals to the youth. Oh my god. Wait, why did you guys elongate Nataka Kwena? Uh, that's where I'm lost. You guys made it so long. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking, you know, I'm I'm gonna come to Kenya. Nah, you're not gonna pick this up. I was a little broken, slightly, <laughs> not, and I yeah, thought I was gonna, gonna come, you know. You're not gonna pick you're this seeing, up. You're seeing they're like the elongated one. Like it's not ninety percent of people won't talk it. You won't even hear it. But like it's just the new one, which is kind of mm-hmm. it's just like something fun that the youth. Uh, kind of do but it's not like uh, you'll just walk around and find people talking like that all crazy there are some people though in some places who do talk like that like especially in the really ghetto parts of uh, of Kenya mm. like they they usually talk like that but like it's only like maybe 5% of it uh Nathan there's a there's a slang that became popular i believe a couple of months ago but did you i don't know the meaning of uh, the word itself atupanguingi <laughs> so now hatupangwingwi um like it's actually from a swahili now this is like basically shared it's from a swahili word and you can even see swahili you say autupangi meaning like mm. you can't uh, you can't organize like okay it's weird to say but you can't uh, organize it. like you can't you can't tell us what to do that's why it's basically mm. mm. so now kenyans came and now made a song about it and it goes atu pangwingwi now i guess everyone started saying that and it sounds catch oh lord wow so like if some if someone wants you to do um something in a certain way like let's say uh i make my eggs step one this step two is this step three is this then you mm-hmm. want me to follow those steps i'll tell you yo missy pangwingwi oh <laughs> Pangwingwi, like the album oh. saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, that is wow. Mm. You guys are doing great, right? Um, <laughs> and so, the funny thing is, you you didn't find like people like even my mom knowing what that means. Because oh. as I told oh, you, entertainment in Kenya, like they made a song, like it was a one they made it into a song. The song went viral. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. You know, um Nathan, when when we talk about entertainment, one of the things that we kept joking about in our previous episode is how like when you like the three things that you are allowed to do as an African child is either be a doctor, an engineer, uh, a pilot or something like oh, a lawyer. But when you see a lot of African parents are really restrictive of their children from um engaging into like entertainment or like other sectors other than like the what is so considered like successful where what was your experience trying to like join entertainment being that you have african parents <laughs> uh well actually my parents are surprisingly uh, supportive they always wanted like uh, they always told me to put education first but mm-hmm. uh, from my young age uh, I, I told them I love football and they actually supported me in my in my needs. There are definitely very many people though that uh, I trained with because I, I told them I played football. And in their journey, their parents were not supportive uh, 
call. As you said, in like African uh, homes, you only have like big careers at all. These are, you know, white collar jobs or behind the desk. Mm-hmm. People don't, uh, um, conservative parents don't consider these other things to be mm. even useful. They'd say it's a, a waste of time. But uh, if you look at the entertainment uh, industry right now, if you look at the social uh, media industry right now, not just in Africa, but just everywhere, it's booming. I'm pretty sure in the next, uh, not even pretty sure, right now, there are people who, are in a, uh, who have office jobs in Kenya who get paid less than influencers. Because mm. uh, from an influencer, if you, if you can get uh, one, one gig from a boom play, because uh, they usually have uh, these, all these influencer apps and they usually try to push music and all that. So um, the minimum pay for that is uh, 12,000 Kenyan shillings if you're able to grab a boom play. And that's 12,000. And that's just, you're doing a three minute video to earn 12,000. While someone else is in the office working eight hours a week for 30 days, and they'll end up getting 30,000, which means if you're able to get four of these, Three minute clips to do, you've earned more than this guy who's mm. in the office. So, if you want to be rich in Africa, be an influencer. It's actually the way to go. If you're able to land the grant in the grant, get the content, uh, trust me, you'd quit your, everyone would quit their job with a few influencers, <laughs> plus the free stuff you get. Um, <laughs> mm. And you said you play uh, soccer, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, which team? Oh, I currently I'm playing in uh, the Kusa League, which is the University League of Kenya, where mm-hmm. um, the university teams really have uh, their own league. So I'm playing for the Ispatiti, which is the, the university where I studied and completed my diploma last year. Oh, congrats, congrats. But we didn't see Kenya in African League. What happened? I wasn't there. <laughs> We don't qualify. Okay, so we're counting on you. Oh, you come now. Okay, we want to see Kenya. Come on, it's Africa, really. Like, you know, yeah. sometimes we have to hide. Don't we? So when I'm there, we'll qualify. Don't worry. <laughs> Wait, what, what, uh, what position you play? Oh, I play number seven on the wing. Hmm. Okay, for I the people who don't understand soccer, what is that? So um, <laughs> there's usually the wing basically means uh, towards the uh, edges of the pitch, so like the sides of the pitch. Um, so there's a uh, on the wing, the attacking wing is those who go forward and score. So the guy who goes forward to score on the side of the pitch. Oh, okay, <laughs> I was asking for myself because I was. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so I have. One last question, and then we can um, kind of hop into my favorite part of each episode. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what would you say is like the most important thing that people should know about Kenya? I'm I'm sure there's like a million things, right? But as a takeaway, right, for somebody that watches this, right, or listens to this, what would you say is like one Thing that you feel like is important for them to kind of know and take and walk away from from this episode with. I think I need to talk about uh, the Kenyan people. Uh, mm. Kenya is the easiest place for you to settle down because 
Kenyans are just so open in receiving people who are, even people who are not even from Africa, Asia, people who are not from the tribe. Look at the Indians, they just came in and they are welcome, welcomed in this place. Look at the Europeans who live here. Kenyans are just uh, amazing people. If you want uh, the place where you can be easily, easily received, easily accepted into the community, Ken- Kenyans are amazing people. Mm. So you are in Kenya. Have you gone to the safaris? Because everyone talks about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, funny thing is many Kenyans, uh, it's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, um, if you have, if you don't have, a, uh, if you're not, if, let's say, if you don't have access to the beach, you'd always want to go to the beach. But if you ask the people who are at the coast, like, they never go to the beach. They, they like, just, they take it for granted. So the funny thing about Kenyans is most of, uh, most Kenyans haven't been gone for these safaris. Because, like, they see it in their backyard. They don't really have all yeah. the hype. But the Americans come with so much hype and all that. They've seen the videos of lions. Oh, look at the lion. Uh, look at the wheel that he's crossing. And us Kenyans are just like, uh, what, we pay, pay 40,000 just to see a lion? <laughs> <laughs> you run away from lions. You don't uh, run Imagine. away towards them. <laughs> yeah, you, don't run, you don't run to the lions, then you pay to run to them also. Ah. <laughs> uh. uh. Ethan, I think that was, you know, that was very constructive. I think that was very educational. Um, I definitely do appreciate, you know, you taking out the time to come sit with us today, you know, kind of giving us a little bit of an insight to what Kenya is, you know, and uh, kind of educating us. Um, just for, I guess, for your own understanding, a little background. Um, each episode, to close out the end of the episode we do a song of the day um so usually the guests they give us i guess their favorite song at the time or a song that they feel like everybody should should be listening to um so this is your time to shine um (laughs) to give us you know something something really good you know for people to enjoy so today's song of the day is coming from i think i have to go with the the Niger- who said they're Nigerian? Did someone say they're Nigerian hey. on this podcast? <laughs> we do Kenya, and you want to bring a Nigerian song? <laughs> oh, my. So I don't. I'm, I don't know what's what's up with Nigerians. So I don't know what Nigerians have done, but these guys are dominating everywhere. Everywhere. Fuck, I, uh, I'm sorry, Kenyans, but currently my hey. favorite song, the song going around in my head, is. All over by magic. I don't know if you guys know it, but yeah, it's it's, it's doing rounds on TikTok and all. <laughs> he says all over by magic. Magic. Yeah, but magic with like two X's. So I don't know if it's magics or magic. Chocolate is a good song, but yeah, all <laughs> over. <laughs> sure, I was expecting. I was expecting something coming in. No, you guys, you guys need to hear it. I'm uh. <laughs> I won't lie to you. I'm disappointed, but <laughs> I thought you were gonna be. <laughs> no, no, we're gonna go with we're gonna go with Niger. That's no problem. That is no problem. Uh, <laughs> song of the day. Um, you know, Sally. Uh it's coming from Niger. Uh song is called All Over. Artist is Magics. 
Ah, okay. Maybe. <laughs> so, thank you, Nathan, um, for coming on the show. Um, definitely do hope you come back. You know, I know you're about to be very, very busy soon. You're about to blow up even more than where you are right now. So, please do not forget us. <laughs> small little platform for sure, but, for sure. you know, <laughs> definitely and uh i'm gonna be in kenya soon bro so after you know me you malik we're gonna have to link up do a little you know exploring you said you said kenya's very welcoming uh, <laughs> i am ready to be welcome <laughs> stop talking but anyway yeah um tune in to episode two um, where we're gonna travel to tanzania and they're gonna correct my swahili <laughs> for sure they will um yes make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms um ig is underscore official next stop africa no absolutely not no incorrect <laughs> that's not the ig absolutely incorrect so please feel free to follow us on our social media platform our instagram is official underscore next stop africa our twitter uh, handle is underscore next stop africa website next stop africa.net and just give a free feel to listen to it yeah yes and uh most important Make sure you're giving us five stars. Nothing less. Nothing less. Otherwise, you're wasting both of our times. Let's not just let's not do that. You know, nobody likes to waste time. But yes, uh, you know, we're getting back into swing of things. So I definitely forgot a lot. But you know, mm-hmm. again, thank you to our guest. Thank you to Malik for bringing our guest. So appreciate that. Um, but yeah, as always, though, until next time. Peace.